Okay, everyone, welcome to the 10th episode and the season finale of the Pathways podcast. Don't worry, we'll be back with season two soon, but we'll be taking a quick break. And in that time, there will be some things to keep you engaged. So stick around at the end of the episode and I'll tell you more about that. But for now, today's episode is going to be a little bit different from the typical because I have not one, not two, but three lovely people here with me today. And so I'll let them all introduce themselves in a minute. But to give an overview, these are three very good friends of mine, all hailing from different islands across the Caribbean. We met at Illinois Tech, where we all graduated with different degrees in different years, over like a five or six year span. And so with that, my lovely guests, please let the listeners know who you are, where you're from, your degree or degrees and what you're doing with your life right now. We'll start with Raman. Oh, damn. Why well, you had to pick me for a <laughs> right. Um, Hi, my name is Raman. Um, I'm originally from Antigua, currently live here. I went to London Tech, graduated with two degrees, um, mechanical engineering and computer science, double bachelor's. Right now, I work for a startup company in Chicago. Um, They're a telemedicine company. I'm doing a little entrepreneurship. I have a software company throughout the region, and I'm currently in a master's program at U of I for CS. So that's my life. Cool, cool. Um, Latosha? Hi, people. I'm Latosha Terralong. I currently reside in Jamaica, and I graduated from IIT with a bachelor's in engineering management, biomedical engineering specialization. And currently, I am trying to figure out my life. I just came back to Jamaica and working on figuring it out. Cool. Drexler? Oh, okay. Hello, everyone. I'm Drexler James. I'm from St. Lucia, but I currently live in Columbus, Ohio. Yay, Ohio. Um, I graduated from Illinois Tech in 2013 in psychology. Um, Then I got my PhD in psychology from the University of Illinois at Chicago. And I'm currently an assistant professor of psychology at Denison University. Um, So also trying to figure out my life, to be honest. (laughs) So I'm with you, Latosha. All right. Um, I guess I should actually introduce myself too, because I've never, I never had to do this. Usually I just let other people talk. (laughs) So Arlene Hayes is my name. Um, Originally from Grenada, St. Paul, St. George. I represent, represent. I studied, um, so I I did building construction technology and TAMCC back home. And then I got my degree in architecture from Illinois Tech, a professional bachelor's degree with a minor in construction management. And right now I'm working with a local general contracting firm in the Chicago area as a field engineer. There you go. So what I always do is start off just talking about what it was like growing up wherever you grew up. Um, what were your primary and secondary school years like? What kind of student were you growing up? Um, give us the background. Whoever wants to go first. Not me, buddy. <laughs> well, <Yeah. laughs> I was 
a little overachiever. <laughs> I think that would be the best way to put it. Um, so primary school, secondary school, all of that. So definitely was the type of student who always like came first in the class or second. And I remember in primary school, I was very competitive about it. Like I actually cared. But I think as the years go by in secondary school, most of it really and truly, I was not trying. <laughs> and mm -hmm. I was still kind of excelling at the top of my class. I remember in grade nine, I was like, I got like the highest marks in like nine subjects, or like 10 subjects. And I was like, I really did not make an effort. <laughs> what mm -hmm. is happening here? I remember talking to one of my friends who um, she and I were kind of like in competition and the girl was telling me that, yes, my goal was to be the top student. She's recently telling me this. She's like, my goal was to be the top student. And I was like, oh, really? <laughs> and so definitely overachieving um, throughout all of those years. One thing I will say in terms of career path, I feel like I always just did not know what to do. I had like many interests. I was excelling at all these different subjects on top of it. And I was just interested in a lot of things. I remember in Cape, I did six in first year, in grade 12, I did six Cape subjects. Crazy. And they were not like field aligned. There was history, mm -hmm, sociology, mm -hmm. chemistry, math, like it's kind of all over the place. So I think for me, um, trying to figure out what I was going to do was always just a challenge. And then I remember in grade 12 or 13, I was speaking to my math teacher and he was saying, you know, you could do engineering. And that's what got me on the engineering path. Mm -hmm. okay. okay, I will end it there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming we probably all at one point were overachievers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I... I was, I think I'm the same person now. I always from some way, always found a balance between being a good student and just being me. Like caring about it, but not caring about it and just happened to work out. Um, I was always into, I wanted to be a psychologist from the age of 11. So I always wanted to be a psychologist. I ended up being a psychologist as fit would have it. Um, yeah, in secondary school, I was the one who was kicked out of class a lot for talking back to teachers. I don't think that's a surprise to any of you. So I could a lot. I talked too much, you know, but I ended up doing my work. And I remember in form five, I got like the most improved behavior. <laughs> you know, not because I was doing anything like outlandish. It was just like me. And you know, the Caribbean and deference authority and all that. I was just wasn't that person. Um, um, at A-level, I did like chemistry, biology, and math because there was no psychology. Mm. Yeah, and you know, I yeah. got the opportunity to get the online tech and I did psychology and kept, you know, kept with it. Now still living it, still very passionate about it. Um, but yeah, so that was the type of person that I was and I think I still am that person-ish. I was... Um... I was I was like a full on nerd, I think. Primary <laughs> and secondary school. Um, I was the type of person that was like probably all the way through primary school and up to like form three. I would get my all my textbooks 
like during the summer at the beginning of the summer and by the time the first semester started or first term started I would have read through all my books for the term <laughs> oh wow <laughs> no shade um yeah. and yeah I was like always top of my class I could probably count on one hand how many times I was like second um I in primary in so that was primary school and then secondary school um I ended up winning like the TMRI Shaw Award which is kind of like Island Scholar for CXC level and then I was one of five Island Scholars in TAM CC um so yeah I was just like I didn't I didn't necessarily try hard like according to Latosha I read a lot I think that was what it was because I didn't study a lot but I read a lot so I would always pick things up during class or like listen take notes understand the processes and everything and then I would just kind of get it so that's how it was through secondary school college we'll we'll talk about university later but um, (laughs) that's how it started uh and then what else um I similar to Latosha I just I had a lot of things that I was good at or that I could do I didn't know what I wanted to do for a while um but I knew what I didn't want to do. I knew I didn't want yeah. to be a doctor. I, knew I, I was about to say, I'm Same. glad you did not become a Same. doctor. Yeah. I didn't yeah. want to be a doctor. I didn't want to be a lawyer. And so then I was just like, what else is there? You know, yeah. I had no idea. <laughs> so, yeah, um, we, I could get into it yeah. now. Yeah, so like choosing, choosing CXC subjects, um, I remember sitting down and being like, all right, what do I, what, what do I like? And then what, what could like put me in a good spot for figuring out what I want to do later. And it was like, I liked TD. I liked technical drawing. I liked um, biology and physics. I remember very specifically, I liked human and social biology because I hated plants. I hated drawing cells, uh-huh. anything to do with that. And I was basically forced to do regular biology because I'm like, oh, Aline, you could do it. You should just, you know do all the sciences, but I I drew the line at chemistry because I just didn't want to have anything to do with chemistry. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I did biology, physics, and then, you know, like IT, geography, technical drawing, a bunch of random stuff. Um, And then in form three, I decided that I wanted to be an architect. Why? Because I liked um, technical drawing and I thought that it was a cool thing that I could do and I wouldn't have to necessarily be um, sitting at a desk all day. Yeah. That, was, that was my thought process at the time. But anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. So, <laughs> Raman, <laughs> Raman, go ahead. Hi, I thought, I thought just before I go ahead, I thought it's crazy that Drexler knew that he wanted to be a psychologist at age 11 and that yeah. kind of like stuck. That's like kind of the few times I hear somebody like saying that I'm going full on with it. Yeah. But um, I could go ahead. So unlike you guys, I wasn't a studious child. <laughs> I was, um, school was just something that I did. Like I did. didn't think about it. I just went to school. I did it. I never was a bad student. Um, always had good grades. Was more concerned with like playing tennis and sports. Wasn't the most athletic, but I, I did enjoy being outside. Um, same thing through from primary school to secondary school. Didn't really try 
top of the class, maybe first, maybe second, maybe third, etc. I think only towards college, that's when I started to kind of think about purpose of like this academic life, like I have to eventually choose a career and stuff like that. Um, I was really interested in architecture. Um, that's what I really wanted to do. I think it's for the same reasons Arlene mentioned, kind of had like an artsy background, did TD, thought that was fun, BT was fun, but then my parents were like, no, nah, you got to do engineering. <laughs> and then um, just like you guys, I knew I didn't want to be a doctor. So like that was like off the list. So I am so glad that this conversation is happening. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I was kind of coerced into like the beginning of my academic career, kind of course to engineering, but that's my primary secondary school life. Cool. All right. So everybody talked a little bit about like how you started choosing your subjects already. So like Drexel knew what he was going to do in his life <laughs> and <laughs> the rest of us just kind of figured it out. Um, what was that process like? So I think maybe Jamaica is the only system that's a little bit different, but y'all still choose subjects in form three? Yes. Okay. So I remember it was like a grade nine, they sent out a form. And um, so there were five required ones for my class, math, English, IT, literature, sociology? No, not social sociology, studies. social studies and history. So our group was doing like six required ones. Oh, and then <laughs> um, the rest you could have chosen. So I remember I was kind of like, well, what am I going to choose? So I remember I liked French a lot. So I kind of just went with the what I like thing when I was mm -hmm. going into grade 10, 11. So I liked French. Um, I love history, but that was chosen for me already. It's so cool. And uh, Geography. I really, really love geography. That was my baby. And then chemistry, because I was like, why not do a science subject? Yeah. And I liked chemistry out of the three the most. And that's how that selection came about. And going into sixth form now, um, I was still at the what to choose. Initial plan was not to do chemistry at all. I was supposed to be done with it. But still, keeping my options all the way open, of course, <laughs> I decided to choose it. Decided to do math, because um, I like math, I'm good at it. So that was easy. And geography. So I had to get them work out a little thing now for me to do geography. This is where being a top student actually came, worked to my benefit. So in order to do geography and math on their schedule that the school made, they clash, they're at the same time. So mm -hmm. nobody's supposed to do geography and math. But because I am me, I was able to talk the teachers into allowing me to do both. So I would go to the geography classes and then in my free time, Mr. Chin and Mrs. Brown from the math department, big up on herself wherever you are, <laughs> would then <laughs> do math with me, like one-on-one. -on -one. By the old benevolence of their art, so big up themselves wherever they are. And then I did sociology outside of school. And then, you know, we had to do the required ones. Um, what was it? Caribbean studies, com studies. So yeah, that's all the selection went for me to go to sixth arm. And yeah, and I did those subjects. We did like similar CXE subjects. <laughs> yeah, so I did like French, Spanish, history, chem, bio, um, literature. 
because I read a lot as a child too. Um, and I think because of the type of student that I was, I performed well academically, uh, you know, first or second in my class, um, but also a troublemaker by Caribbean standards. So I wanted to do geography, but I wasn't allowed to do it because the geography teacher didn't enjoy me because <laughs> you have to like approve it. So yeah. I didn't get to do geography because the teacher didn't want me in her class in form four and five. Um, I wanted to do physics, but I couldn't do physics because the whole of form three, I was put out of physics and math and homeroom and civics and discussion because they were taught by the same teacher and he didn't like me. So as soon as he walked in class, I had to step out. Yeah, yeah, it's like interesting when you think about it. Anyway, that's looking back, that's a very problematic. So because mm -hmm. I didn't get any physics education in Form 3, I didn't do it for CXC. Wow. Yeah, so it's like really just interesting how that worked out. Um, and then when I went to A-levels, there was no psychology. So I was like, yeah, I'm just going to do biochem math. It seems that's what people do. Yeah. And I just did it. Yeah, that's what people do. Okay, yeah. I, have, I have a follow up to that, but I'll I'll ask it later. No, yeah, and yeah, and that's <laughs> it. That's like so. It's a you know function of doing things that I wanted to do, but also being discouraged from doing things that I wanted to do too. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I did I did eleven subjects for CXC. So I did math, math, physics, biology, English A, English B. Um, IT, geography, French, Spanish, and what else? TD, yeah. Um, and then I did, so I was 10, and then I did add math, which was like Cambridge, technically. Because um, I, I love math. Like, math and physics are pretty much my favorite subjects. Um, so, yeah, that's what I did. Like, I told y'all before, I really want to do human social biology. Wasn't able to do that, um, but by form three, I kind of figured out that I wanted to do architecture, and all I had in my mind was TD, like drafting, technical drawing. I really enjoy that. That's what architecture is. That's what I'm going to do. Funny story, all through. So I was like top student all through secondary school, but the one subject I hated that I got straight season was art. <laughs> and I dropped that as soon as I possibly could in Form 3. And funny, because now I know that architecture has a lot more art in it than I ever knew back then. <laughs> but <laughs> that's, that's another story for later. So, um, yeah, that was that. And then when I got to TAMCC, I did um, building construction technology, which is, this is interesting because I think it's the same in St. Lucia. I don't know about Antigua, but there's the science department, and then there's the technical department. And typically the technical department is for the less, you know, academically inclined people. And so everyone, like when they heard I wanted to go to do building tech, they're like, why? No, you should do sciences. You should do this. You should do that. Do math. So the compromise I ended up coming up with was I did building construction technology. And then I also did math and physics for keep which I like them anyway. And I figured it would be helpful for architecture. Yeah. So that's what I did. Um, again, like Latosha said, it kind of helps when you're, you know, you're already a good student because that's not something that they did. 
So it was like, oh, we have to make like a whole new timetable for you, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, that worked out. And so I got, um, the only degree was the building construction technology, but then I did the CAPE certificate in um, math and physics. Yeah. So um, for me, like third form, when you're choosing subjects, that was like, oh yeah, I'm going to become an architect. I've been building Lego structures my whole life. I'm ready for this. <laughs> um, I love it. So I am um, TD, physics, um, art. I think those were like the three big things I knew I needed to have. So those were down. Um, other subjects I picked were like math, uh, POB, Spanish. And I th think we had to take IT, English, math. I, I think I only did like 10 subjects. Oh, I did building tech as well too as well, sorry, he is. Um, and then I sucked at physics, but I loved math. Um, fun fact, I actually took my math CXC in form four because I just wanted to spend more time doing other subjects. Mm -hmm. So like I took math CXC in four four along with art and along with TD. And I got my grades in those. And then I just spent the rest of my time playing the fool in fifth form <laughs> and not actually doing the work I was supposed to do. Um, but when it came to college now, I was even supposed to go to college. So like post CXC, I had no idea what I was going to be doing next. Like, was I going to be going to some boarding school, go to university or go to college? And my mom was adamant about me not going to college. And then when I was doing nothing, she's like, you're going to go to college. <laughs> um, so I, got, <laughs> I got a late application. Like they closed applications sometime in July. I pulled up in mid-August <laughs> trying to get my own. Um, trying to get accepted and it, it started a week later luckily my mom knew the principal because she used to teach there so work out something for me wasn't a bad student like y'all so you know there was reason to let me in we all and had then, bright um, privilege <laughs> <laughs> we all had bright privilege like call yeah. it what it is yeah and then um what did i pick for kate now kate i had to pick physics because in my mind i'm still going to be doing architecture I had this love for computers that I never really discovered yet, um, but I always liked technology. So I picked computer science and then um, obviously math, Caribbean studies. And then I think that's it. And then afterwards I did pure math and add maths, CS. And yeah, that was basically, CAPE was just something I did just like the other school years. It was. I wasn't really thinking too much about it besides getting ready for architecture, but that's it for me. Cool. So the only other question I have on this topic is like, what, what were the options you had? So like, for instance, I did IT because I liked mm -hmm. IT, but in convents at the time, the only thing we had was like, was it general proficiency? So we didn't do programming. All we did was like word um excel database and like that was the limit i know some schools have like you know home ec versus like wood shop or electronics the boys schools had electronics and like woodworking and all that stuff we never had that um so just like i'm trying to figure out what were the differences and what was even available for you to do well what being that it was an all-girls school and you know, oh, we love our little gender roles. Yes, what to say? So. Omec, food and nutrition. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Omec, food and nutrition, clothing and 
textiles, mm -hmm. those are all available. But of course, there was no TD like at any point during our education, like no electronics, no technical subjects like those. And come to think of it, like I don't think any of the girls that eventually left went into any of those fields like that I know right now, because yeah. it was just never an option presented to us. Yeah. Um, Same. Yeah, for us, I went to all from an early age. Sorry, there, Jackson. No, no I was just saying it corners you in from an early age, just not having yes. those options. Those yeah. options. Mm -hmm. yeah. It, yeah. Like in secondary school, we had none of the technical subjects. And I think it just goes, you know, of the more we have like the basic and of sciences. I don't really know what you call A level. And then we mm -hmm. had like technical division. And because, you know, our school was the top ranked one, of course, we don't have the technical ones because why would you? That's the thinking. So we had no exposure to any of those technical subjects. So I think it's like very interesting how we rank value on education, what is important, what fields are important, what people should do. So I'm really glad, I guess all of us are like, I don't want to be a doctor, I don't want to be a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> What's because, next? Like, then yeah. what else? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Keep listening. We'll be right back after a short break. We want to partner with you. Grenadian STEAM is pleased to announce that starting with Season 2 of Pathways in February 2021, we will be offering sponsorship packages to local companies and businesses. Help us to help you. We want to integrate with and support the community and increase exposure for smaller businesses, all while opening the eyes of the nation to the wonders of what STEAM education can and is doing in our country. Does your company have a commitment to education or youth development? Or are you looking for a way to reach a fresh new market of customers for your products and services? Grensteam is a local grassroots organization with a mission to support and empower our students. Our Pathways podcast is experiencing real growth in audience numbers. Take advantage of this market while it's fresh. Let's work together to develop Grenada. If you're interested in sponsoring one or more of our upcoming episodes, or just want more information, please reach out to us on any of our social media platforms, at Grensteam, or GrenadianSteam, or just send an email to president at grensteam.org. That's president at g-r-e-n-s-t-e-a-m dot o-r-g. Looking forward to working with you! we're right back to the conversation okay so we all ended up at iit you know somehow mm -hmm. um but i'm i'm guessing everyone here applied to a bunch of different schools and um that in itself was like a whole journey so what what happened after you left community college or form six whatever it was and decided you're going to university first of all was the plan always to go to university for everybody Nope. Uh, yeah. I wanted to take a gap year. Okay. Yeah. okay. So, what was your plan? Nothing, actually. Yeah, I had no plans. I, you know, poor, no money. So, it was just like, well, let me go work now. Yeah. So, I got an internship. So, throughout secondary school, you know, I had a scholarship from the distillery. And after I graduated, they offered me like an internship thing working in the lab there. So I worked there for like three months and then randomly the dean. So I didn't apply to any schools. Like I, again, this was an option. 
Um, and then the dean called me and says like, hey, director, there's this scholarship opportunity. You should apply. And I guess, again, that's like being a good student, I guess. Yeah. It's like this person's on the radar. And that's what happened. And then she called. And it's like, sure. And then I applied to IIT. And that's, yeah. So I only applied to one school that I didn't even know about because someone called me because I was already like, yep, it's not going to happen. Didn't even try. I was just going to work. So, yeah. Wait, so, but you did want to need to go back now because you wanted to be a psychologist since you were 11. So first of all, like, why? (laughs) And then what were you going to, how were you? Were you going to get there without going to university? No, it's it's one of those things that we all have dreams and aspirations. You know, I read about Freud and I was very excited about that. I used to read a lot. I mean, I always wanted to be a psychologist. I don't know how I was going to be a psychologist. I don't know if I would be one. So it's like, as fit with having just happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't even apply to university. Someone just happened to call me. Oh. Yeah, it just happened. So if you didn't get that call... Too you would have never like actually gotten into the field. You would have just did whatever job you picked up. Yep. Like, to be honest, yeah, I didn't even know where I would have been. Probably a teacher, a high school teacher. Yeah, to be honest, I'm looking back. I didn't even know. I think the universe, I would have been so beat up and hopeless mm-hmm. that I wouldn't even, you know, at that point, wouldn't even try. Yeah. Yeah, so it just speaks to just like, literally, sometimes it's like luck and preparation. Happened to be a good student who was lucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Raman, you were going to say something before. No, I was just saying, I, I wasn't really talking. I was just saying I wanted to take a gap year. I had no interest oh. in school because I didn't know what I wanted to do, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I was just wanted to take time. I'll figure that out. What were you going to do in the gap year? Figure it out. <laughs> I had no plans, but I think, I think it kind of boils down to, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Kind of, I felt like going to university was like, you're putting your life in one singular direction. Mm -hmm. And I think I recognized that that was a pretty big stepping stone. And I didn't feel like I was ready to choose a career when I feel like I didn't really know what I wanted myself. So it was really just time to think, learn, talk to people. Didn't really say I was, maybe I would have worked a little bit. Um, because I like making money <laughs> and having some independence. Um, but yeah, that's just to sum it up. So then what, so your mom basically told you you're not yes. doing that. <laughs> Parents <laughs> doing that, yeah. Um, Most and then, of my academic then, career, to be honest. Hmm? Yeah, so what happened next? Oh yeah, so mom's like, no, you can't take a gap year, blah, blah, blah. Maybe I applied to a bunch of schools. I got into most, not all, um, like UE, University of Illinois, McMaster's, I think St. Mary's. I think McMaster's was the only one I didn't get into. Um, and then IIT came up when I was at college one day and the principal was like, hey, you, come here. <laughs> and then um, basically put me in a meeting with Shane Samuels and um, John Valero. Yeah. And they basically bigged up the school so much and hyped it up. I was like, okay, this sounds like it could be interesting. And I met Lydia Patton there. I don't know if y'all met Lydia when y'all oh, were in yeah. this. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. then she kind of, you know, hyped up the school even more and got me excited. So that's how I ended up going to IIT, basically. So when you were, when you were um, applying for all those schools, you didn't, you still didn't exactly know what you wanted to do. So like, how were you choosing where you wanted to go? 
So throughout the time I was in college, right, um, there was a transition of a switch of no longer wanting to do architecture because I started talking to architects. Luckily, my parents knew people and they were able to introduce me to existing architects. And then no offense to Arlene, <laughs> but most architects I spoke to didn't really enjoy the vibe that I was getting from them, the way they would talk about their work and stuff like that. Yeah. And I couldn't really see myself in that position. So I was kind of turned off by the field. And then I went to an engineering camp in Chicago. And luckily there, I got like an introduction to the different fields of engineering. And mechanical was the one that stood out most to me. So I said, it's the most um, varying, diverse. I could kind of jump into different things. So go through with that. Okay. Um, so I... I, I guess, you know, I don't think I ever really thought about it until the time came, like, second year. And it's like, oh, what next? More school, of course. Um, and so I guess university was just, like, the path. Um, I was doing well, so I was hoping to get some kind of scholarships and whatnot that would help because my family didn't have money like that to just, you know, drop on university. Um, so... I did start applying. The, the decision was architecture. Like I never strayed from that. I did, uh, I did two years in work, two years of work after TAMCC because with the technical programs, they have like this job training session that happens after you graduate and it's six weeks. So I got placed with a contracting firm in Grenada and I worked there on like two different jobs. I worked on like a couple different jobs during that training. And then they decided to keep me on full time as a quantity, assistant quantity surveyor. So basically like an estimating, um, working on developing the, the budget for the project. So I did that for just under two years. And then it was like, all right, time to go do architecture now. And so it was, I, while I was there, though, I did meet um, an architect because it was through another coworker. He knew a guy who was actually part of like a pretty prominent um, architecture firm in Grenada. And so I met up with this guy one time and just like talked about like, hey, this is what I want to do. I just I don't know that much about it besides that I like drawing, um, drawing buildings with rulers and lines. <laughs> <laughs> And so, like, he did kind of give me a little peek into it during that conversation. He's like, well, you know, it is a very, like, creative industry. And, you know, it takes a lot of um, thinking outside the box and blah, blah, blah. And in my head, like, all this time, I'm like, you know, I'm not the most outwardly creative person. <laughs> so, I don't know. But I was so stubborn. I'm just like, no, this is what I've decided I'm going to do. And I'm going mm -hmm. to do it. Um, so, uh yeah, I was just on this like one track that I have to become an architect. And that was it. And like, I had so many people being like, you sure you don't want to be an architectural engineer? And I was like, no, I want to be an architect. <laughs> so um, yeah, so that's how that happened. And I had that come that one conversation and then I was like, all right, we're going to do this. He gave me like some book suggestions. So I started reading up about Vitruvius and um, like different design theories and blah, blah, blah. And then I started 
applying to schools. And now we hit the problem because to apply to most architecture schools, you need to have a portfolio. And a portfolio is largely artistic. And we all know Arlene was not artistic. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I started looking mostly at schools that did not require a portfolio. Um, in the t- in the time though, I was trying to put something together. So like I danced a lot. That was like my one creative outlet. And so I remember asking Miss um, Griffith, my choreographer, to let me choreograph a piece for our upcoming show. And I was like, maybe I could use that in the portfolio. Um, so I did that. And then, it w- I don't know, it was like I tried sketching some things. I tried, you know, using some pieces from my project. And I just didn't feel like any of it was good enough because also I was a perfectionist and none of it was good enough. So I applied to a few schools. I um I think the only couple that I applied, I applied to a couple that needed a portfolio. One of them was University of Waterloo, which I really wanted to get into in Canada. That was like my top school. Um, and I wanted to go there because they had this like rotation program where you could, you study for two or three months and then you work for three months. So basically at the end of four or five years, you would have had two or three years worth of job experience. And I was like, that's perfect. That's mm-hmm. what I'm going to do. Um, so I applied there because the first phase of applications, you didn't need a portfolio. And then if you are shortlisted, then you would have to submit the portfolio after that and do an interview and all that stuff. Um, didn't get through, didn't get shortlisted. So I was like, all right, cool. Applied to UTech, applied to IIT because how did I... IIT, I think, again, Dr. Patton came to TAMCC and um, she they had like this session just talking about the school. And so I maybe saw a flyer or somebody told me about it and I was like, oh, let me see what this is about. Actually, I met Jeanette. Jeanette met me at some point um, while she was on vacation because she had already started to go in IIT. And I didn't know her from Adam. But I remember she just came up to me in a, in a store one day and she's like, oh, you're like applying to schools, right? You should, you should go to IIT. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and she was like really bigging it up and everything. And then, um, so yeah, when I heard about set at school, I was like, let me see what this is about. Dr. Patton sold it. She was like, oh, we have, you know, like the top students from across the country and you know we have a bunch of Caribbean students there blah 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 it'll be great like the architecture program is top-notch you should do it I was like all right we'll do it didn't need a portfolio (laughs) so (laughs) so I applied also it had like the best scholarship that anywhere was going to offer for an international student IIT (laughs) yeah so I applied I got in and that was the next step well, for me, um, so yes, I was always definitely going to university. No, my parents couldn't pay for it. Because by the time I even started university, both of my parents would have hit retirement age. Daddy was well over it. Mother was itching it, right? So I knew I had to get a scholarship. So I think in grade 12, that was when I started thinking about university where I'm going to go, um, what am I going to do? Oh, I'm going to get the money. And <laughs> so the plan was, I feel like, you know, go to UE, definitely. And I don't know how 
I'm still trying to figure out how I kind of got turned on to going to school in the States. But I remember it happened somewhere in grade 12 and did the SAT years. And then I applied to a whole bunch of schools. I don't remember all of them, but I do remember like applying to FIU in Florida, Florida International University. And I remember applying to Georgetown because I got waitlisted for that one. So I remember applying to them. And oh, I found out about IIT was I was going to extra class and one of the girls, she met Dr. Patton and then she put me on to Dr. Patton. Because when Dr. Patton came to Jamaica, she took me to St. Hugh. Because even though St. Hugh is a traditional high school in the hierarchy of class, is poor girls and middle class girls go to St. Hughes, so they never had a come to St. Hughes. And I say that with all the shade. <laughs> so, and it's not Dr. Patton's fault, it's just that whoever she have on the ground yeah. would take her to St. Hughes. And so my friend was going to a high school that she went to, and she got me in contact with Dr. Patton. And so that's how I found out about IIT. And once I met Dr. Patton, and applied for IT, I was kind of like, yeah, I think I'm going to get in there. <laughs> and I think I'm probably going to end up going there because I already saw the writing on the wall. I knew that's probably where I'm going to get the most scholarship. I knew with Dr. Patterson behind me, I'm going get in. You know? So I was kind of like, yeah, I'm going IIT. So that was like the university journey for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then so choosing a major like I knew I was going to do architecture so that's all I was looking for so oh. I know I know you applied to like a bunch of different programs yeah I told you that right yeah. so different schools different majors <laughs> so I remember Georgetown if I had gotten in and like went I would have been studying math and political science y'all and mm-hmm. I I actually got in for environmental engineering actually Oh. oh, there's a story behind the switch to BME. And so I don't think I've told that story before. <laughs> so I got in for environmental engineering, and I think I got in for the same, so FIU. But the other schools I applied to, I applied to a good amount of liberal colleges. So, you know, probably ended up as a math major somewhere, political science somewhere, mm. probably a history major somewhere else. <laughs> Mm-hmm. The school determined the major. That was what yeah. was happening for me. And then, you know, of course, I applied to UA, UTEC, got into GIS at UTEC, <laughs> and UA, um, got in for like medical technology, got in for law, got in for actuarial science. There's just like wow. no common I mean, thread there. All over the place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so that was happening for me. Besides the different schools, like, have different majors, is there any, like, pattern to picking, oh, this one, this major, this one, that major? Because definitely it was, at least for the U.S. schools, everything was around math, engineering, political science, slash history. So that's my trend. That's the trend. Mm -hmm. And then for Jamaica, kind of the same, because, I mean, law, you know, you know, we'd have to do those subjects to get in. And then actuarial science, medical technology, GIS, all of those are like geography, math based. So, yeah. There was some like thread there. There's some method there. Geography program. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, Drexel or Ramon, what about y'all? Any? 
Well, Drexler, you knew. Once you heard about IIT, you knew it was psychology, right? Yeah, so actually I called. So if I did not do, if there wasn't a psych offering, I would have done math. Okay. Yeah, for some reason I was really good at pure math. I just really enjoyed pure math. The abstractness of it, I think, was interesting, but there was psychology. So. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I did that. That's no question. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and if I could have gone back, I probably would have done something else. Not because, like, of anything. It's just I do so much psychology and I read it so much that sometimes, like, oh, maybe I could have done something else. I would still have gotten the psychology. Because mm-hmm. in grad school, one of my friends had majored in math as an undergrad. And then she got a PhD in psychology. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that was an option. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. that's another thing. Different. You just you don't, you don't even know what, like, the trajectory needs to be you're just like oh i need to pick a career yeah 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 did you know that you wanted to get a phd in psychology yeah i so when i so there's the so after you know i had renewed hope because it's like oh i'm at university I never thought i'll be here so it now it's possible to get a phd um in yeah so i started like working on that like my first semester at IIT, like reading on it what i needed to do what i needed to get done get involved in read yeah um and i just work towards that one goal through undergrad yeah just worked it yeah so the follow-up i had for you from earlier was it were you affected by like all the different courses that you weren't able to take in secondary school were there any prereqs that you needed to have no i think if i had taken to be honest probably physics i would have probably been an engineer mm-hmm. yeah i would have probably just majored in it and would still be interested in psychology um and i sometimes still think about that one teacher a lot of things I have to say. <laughs> it's problem. It's and it honestly did change, like my trajectory. Yeah, like a lot. Not being able to do physics mm-hmm. for CXE. Interesting. Yeah, it's all messed up. Okay. Um, and talk about classism within the Caribbean education system. Yeah. And then that Let's adds go. another layer. The <laughs> torture is ready. <laughs> I'm ready to drag all the isms. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. All right. Um, Raman, I think you talked about mechanical engineering. I think I talked about it already. Yeah. Like I did the intro rotation program, right. testing out different engineering. Low key, the real reason why I chose mechanical engineering on that trip, I'll give you all a funny story. So I went to Champaign Urbana to do like some engineering camp, and there I was like introduced to all the different fields of engineering. And at the same time, throughout the camp, I thought engineering was cool. I was like, I really don't want to do this. But I had to pick, like, I was so boxed in by my parents saying, you must do engineering. Um, I had to pick one. And then at the time, I really liked the movie Batman. Um, (laughs) The Dark Knight just came out. um, And then I saw this guy in the machine shop making the Batman throwing things. I don't know what they're called exactly. Throwing stuff. But he was making batarangs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, bro, what's your what's your major? And he's like, mechanical. I was like, they teach you how to use the machine shop in mechanical? He's like, yeah, we have a whole class on it. I was like, cool, I'm going to be a mechanical. <laughs> <laughs> it's so interesting. The, the, honestly, the thread that I'm getting here, it's like, Oh, but it's like chance. It's like chance, like chance interaction experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're like, okay, this is what I want to do because it's something random, truly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny okay um so so we all land at iit um yeah. at different times i think drexler you were first and then probably yeah. raman 
and me and Natosha. So what happened next? So I think everybody, well, Drexa, you stuck with psychology. Mm-hmm. You were thick and thin. Um, but I know there were some switch-ups with the rest of us, or at least I thought so switching up. So let's talk about what happened when you got to university and how you got through it. What was what was the actual reality versus what you expected to get into? Anyone? Oh, uh, no. no. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, 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 Okay, English now. So, so university was not what I expected, all right? I spent, what, the the last 13 years before that just coasting on through, chilling, getting A's, barely making an effort, studying for Cape, like, March, April, and then passing, like, the ones and twos, too. So then came university. So I actually did get in for environmental engineering. Did did I did IIT have undergrad environmental engineering? I got in for something else at IIT. It was not BME. I got in for another engineering program. I don't remember what, but I ended up switching to BME so I could get the scholarship money. All right, that's biomedical how I- engineering for those. <laughs> oh. Uh-huh. Yes, I switched to biomedical engineering to get the scholarship money. All right, Shame, shameless. That's what happened, and that's how I ended up in biomedical engineering. Scholarship, not from not from IIT, but from Jamaica. Yeah, to pay for the other half because IIT paid gave me like twenty nine thousand in scholarship, but IIT is almost fifty thousand, so mm-hmm. I had to find the other part, and I got a scholarship from. A government organization that must switch to BME <laughs> to get the scholarship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so was on a scholarship, got to IIT. Yay. Now let the struggle begin. First semester, you drop in. These people telling my little poor self that, oh, you need to pay for Weber sign. You need to pay for sapling. You need to pay for pivot physics. Like first week, I had to like try to find 500 US to pay for these additional things to do homework. And if you don't do homework, you fail the class. So that was like the first thing, week one, even apart from the culture shock and being away from home. And I arrived in spring semester. So I arrived in January in a snowstorm. And so of course I got sick and I was sick. I have to sign $500 being away from home. Didn't even have like winter clothes. I just had a whole bunch of long sleeve things. And God bless Karina from Brazil Arts that made me a winter coat for that week until my brother could come and buy me one. So that was like the first week already. New experience, kind of rough and rocky. Now, going through the program, I feel like by second year, I was like, engineering is not for me. I shouldn't have done this. Why am I torturing myself? But the people gave me, you know, almost three million Jamaican dollars per year to come and study engineering. And if I leave the major, how am I going to pay? So that's what really kept me hanging on to engineering overall and to BME. 
And so going through the program by third year, I was definitely fed up. I was at like, the end of my role in spring semester of third year. So spring of 2017. And I was just like, this is too much. And I remember speaking to one of the BME professors. And I remember he was saying that I know it's a crucible. I remember when I was an engineering student too. And, you know, even then, turns out his engineering program was five years. So back in the day, there were five and six years because of just the sheer amount of work and knowledge. And he was like, no, you guys have to do it in four. And I remember I being stretched and I know it's a lot. So just keep on with it. He did walk me back. He did walk me back from the edge because I was ready to quit March 2017. Okay. I remember I was ready to quit March of 2017. And Dr. Mogul walked me back, kept me in school. He's like, I know you're parents don't want you to just stop coming to school then you have to go home He's like, no man you can make it through the semester mm-hmm. and i did i did make it through that semester i took my two d's in quantitative physiology and medical instrumentation i didn't have to take them over i took my two d's and i danced and i celebrated right so, <laughs> come to degrees. Mm-hmm. So these get degrees, yeah, man. So come to switch now. So I remember after the quantitative physiology final, I went into Commons. Commons is our cafeteria, and I was sitting with Leslie. If y'all know her, I don't know if some of y'all know her. Leslie, she was an RA, mm-hmm. and she was an engineering management major. And so after this final, I was just you know like complaining and was like talking about it, what am I going to do and all of that and then Leslie was like you know you could switch to engineering management and just take business courses next year and Leslie sparked the idea so I remember spending that summer talking to people in the program so I talked to Jalen I talked to Goldzar you know these people and I spoke to the head of the department over that summer and I was thinking about it, thinking about it really hard. So I got the form and I was walking around with the form in like my things, the whole, so like half of the summer, including the first day. So come your semester. First day of classes, I went and I was like, okay. Um, second day now, I went to Dr. Bonnie class. I don't really know the class, but I was sitting there. That was like the first BME class with everyone in BME for that year. So I went and I was like, no, I'm done. Like I was just sitting at the back of the class eating pistachios. <laughs> so my friends remember this and they're telling me, like my friends in the majors, like you were just eating your pistachios and you were like, no, no, no. So yes. And then after class, I walked to the tower to where they you can switch your major so I went and I was like add me as a double major for engineering management and BME and then they helped me and to add it and then immediately had access to the system so I could drop all my BME classes and pick up the engineering management courses mm-hmm. and that's exactly what I did that Tuesday morning my class was at 8 and by 12 o'clock I was in all engineering management classes. I had dropped 
all the BME ones and I didn't tell anyone. <laughs> I was just sleeping. So <laughs> next day was the other BME class. And I got like 20 text messages from all my people in BMEs like, Tosha, where are you? Why aren't you at Senior Design? We're forming the group. What are we supposed to do? She's asking for you. What's happening? And then I was like, guys, I'm done. I'm after the major. I'm doing engineering management now. And that was it. So the reason I did the double major was for, you know, billing purposes so that when I sent Chase my bill, for that year, it still said BME. So my last year, could I get paid for? <laughs> and then promptly, <laughs> like the day after the second bill went in, spring semester in January, I dropped that BME so fast. <laughs> Work the system. And finish out as an engineering management student. And my last year was chill. I did some business courses. I took um, a project management class. That was nice. I took um, technical communications. Really enjoyed that class. That was nice. And yeah. And so that was what happened for me. There's probably that's, more, but yeah. That's right. a ride. That's a condensed that, mention. Yes. That's, uh... <laughs> yeah, buddy. Very good. Did any of you switch? Oh, add. I didn't remember when you double majored. Yeah, I didn't switch. I double majored. Okay. Talk about it. I mean, oh, okay. Yeah, engineering <laughs> management. Oh, I was just going to add that engineering management was probably the only thing I could have switched to at that point and mm -hmm. still graduate the same Yeah, because they had overlapping courses, right? Yeah, and then all I would have to do was the business stuff. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I, um, let me talk about my part a little bit. But no, so I think coming into IIT, it, there was the same like culture shock as Latosha mentioned. Luckily, I didn't come in the middle of a winter storm. I don't know how you did that. Um, but I came during the summer. I was early. Um, I didn't realize textbooks cost hundreds of dollars of US. That was like mm -hmm. new to me. I didn't know that people had to pay for textbooks. In Antigua, everybody give you a textbook or you get an old textbook from somebody else. You get ready for so like all of this stuff was new to me um aside from like the cost and all of that like I was still just doing school because it was something I was supposed to do like I wasn't really enjoying my major I wasn't really like passionate about it like mechanical engineering oh this is just the next year of school that I'm doing um I went back home for the summer after the first year and I got like an internship with um the local power company did that recognized all the corruption that happens back home <laughs> And, and then realize, like, do I really want to work back here or kind of work in this field? It start, that's when I kind of began to begin second guessing, like, the path I was on. And then I was already a year into it and I had two more years left. I was like, it's kind of like a tough time to switch. So I think at that moment, that's when I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to minor in CS. So then I picked up a minor in computer science and just kind of started doing uh cs class every semester for the rest of my year and that way i would have graduated with um my bachelor's in mechanical and minor in cs and then the next summer i couldn't get a job so what i did um was i went into research at u of i 
in Urbana-Champaign with connections that I made when I was there for the engineering camp. And that was the most boring thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> really, lots of respect for um, Professor Tair. Like he opened me up, gave me welcome arms. Mohammed was my um, PhD candidate that I was under. Brilliant guy. I was just not, it, it was difficult for me to enjoy reading papers all day and then trying to reproduce it or trying to understand it. I realized that life was not for me. <laughs> I could not do research. So <laughs> from then I recognized, okay, can do research, have to be in the industry. Next thing I have to kind of figure out is there. Then um, let's say, okay, that's what that was um, after two years, three years in, I'm about to graduate. I have a job lined up. And I really wasn't happy with everything. And then um, basically, I think a week before gra- walking on graduation, I called up my academic advisor for CS, Matt Bauer, and I was like, what would it be? What would I have to do to finish a year? He's like, oh, you just have to take a bunch of CS classes. You don't have to do any electives. Mechanical all count. I was like, okay, count me in. <laughs> so I canceled my job. I canceled graduation. And I just decided to stick another year. What was the job? Um, the job was going to be uh, engineering sales. So I would have been designing solutions for, like, I wouldn't have been doing actual engineering work, but I would have been creating solutions uh, from existing products for clients and trying to sell them on our products. So it was a salesy job. Mm. Yeah, and I wasn't really interested in doing sales either. I was like, that's really yeah. not my personality. Yeah. Um, and then, so I was like, yeah, I really enjoyed my CS classes, by the way. Um, so I was like, yeah, I'm really digging the CS stuff, this Mecky stuff. Like last year, mechanical was really fun because that was basically pure group projects. And you're kind of just doing your own thing most of the time, building things. So that was really fun, but it was still something I couldn't see myself doing mm-hmm. professionally. Like, I think it was more fun because you grouped up with all your friends and <laughs> it's you and your friends just building stuff together. But um other than that, it still wasn't something I wanted to do for the rest of my life. So I kind of just jumped on that CS train and I haven't looked back since. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, nice, nice. Um, so when I landed at IIT, um, it was different. So architecture school is the main, the main course you have is studio which is a six course, six credit course, as opposed to your others that are like three, two and three credits. So it really makes or breaks your GPA, first of all. Um, And then it's intense. So we had studio three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and it was three hours long, I want to say. So yeah, like Monday, Wednesday, Friday afternoons from two to six, four hours long, two to six. Um, you're working in studio and it's really like a project-based class. So at the beginning of the semester, they would give you, you know, your project brief or whatever it is. This is the problem and you're trying to design some kind of solution to address that problem. Um, But I remember also when I just started at IIT, there was a shift in the, the leadership. So there was a new dean and he basically changed like a lot of the curriculum, made it a lot more digital based. Um, so we were u- using Photoshop. We were doing like programming stuff, um, doing like computational design and all this stuff. 
And I was just like, what is happening? Because <laughs> so I didn't have any the like what I did in, in Tab CC was AutoCAD and some SketchUp. And we didn't use Revit. We didn't use Python and 3D programs and all this other stuff that was getting thrown at us. So that was the first thing that kind of threw me for a loop, just like having to learn all of this new software. And the way that Studio is set up, they don't teach you how to use the software. They give you the very basics, like how to draw a line or how to enter a command. But then the rest of it, you have to figure that shit out like throughout your project. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so just the sheer amount of time and like mental energy that it took to learn all that stuff on top of just trying to create a product that makes sense and is interesting was like killing me. Um, so from day one, it was just like a constant uphill battle. And I went from being top of the class to feeling like I did not know what the hell I was doing. And every night I was up till like 3am, 5am, just trying to have something to present the next day. And yeah, it was, it was a struggle. So what I, what I wish I knew um, before applying to schools and choosing schools was basically like with architecture, every school can really like form a different, a different outlook for your architectural knowledge. Cause you have more technical schools, you have more design-based schools, you have some schools that might kind of prepare you more for um, the professional office setting. So actually managing an office. So um, IIT was before, before like that Dean changed, it was more, a little more technical based in terms of like understanding design concepts and like working on building blocks and moving up. When I got in, it was so much more, it was, they were like trying to merge the technical with the digital and the computational. So it was, it was in a bit of a transition that wasn't fully making sense. And I remember a lot of, a lot of my other classmates were struggling with like understanding what was, what was expected of us. Um, and I think what I, was interested in doing was more of the like technical almost almost engineering like like understanding forces and understanding how you know the building works and the structure works but this was more artsy almost with a digital focus so I yeah I just struggled with that I didn't really know at the time that there were other places that might, you know, have done architecture differently and that I might have understood better. But um, that was it. Like by the end of first year, I was getting C's in studio. And so I was just dying. Like I maintained an, a GPA that was over over 3.0, but that's because I was, I was getting straight A's in all my other courses, um, but studio was just killing me. Um, by second year, by the end of second year, I was just like, what am I doing here? I need to change. But I couldn't think, like Latosha was saying, I couldn't think of what else to switch to. Like I, I didn't want to do sciences. Like biology wasn't going to be a thing. Um, a lot of architecture students switch to either business or psychology or something like that. And I was just like, I can't, I can't see myself really in any of those fields. You know, I still... I still believe that architecture is what I wanted to do. I just knew that this wasn't how I wanted to do it. And so 
I stuck with it for a while. I think at the end of my second year, I decided to pick up the minor in construction management because I did construction back home for a little bit. And then I also realized I was involved in like a lot of things, just like I was in school back home. Um, so I was in like three, four different executive boards for um, student groups. And I enjoyed that. Like I would spend so much of my time like planning events and figuring stuff out for the, the organization rather than doing studio. And um, so I realized, you know, like management and planning is like actually what I'm interested in. That's the part of this that I like. So I decided to do the construction management minor. Um, really enjoyed those classes, to be honest. It was like scheduling and um estimating and then just like understanding how a, a job site works and operates and then um I don't know I was still battling then at, at that point I started to battle between do you want to do design or do you want to do construction because I couldn't I couldn't get an internship because ultimately I didn't know what I wanted to do <laughs> like I remember the the company I work for now I applied for an internship the previous year where I was still in this like two minds and I didn't get it. And I think the reason is because it didn't, it didn't seem like I was all into construction. Like it seemed, it was very much that I was still like questioning like, Oh, how can I get design into this job? And they were just like, that's not what we do, you know? <laughs> um, <laughs> so the pivot, the pivotal moment for me was, and Natosha knows this. It was like after fourth year, spring of fourth year um, of a five-year program. And we, we went on a spring break trip and then we come back. <laughs> that was it. Oh my God. Should we have gone? <laughs> yes. Should we have gone? <laughs> I don't know. So we, went, we went on the spring break trip and we come back. And I think we had just, we were like both at this point where we didn't know what the hell was going on. We, we knew we didn't, we were not happy with what we were doing in school. Um, and we just kind of took a week off and forgot about it all. <laughs> just ignore it. And then it came back and the work is still there. And everything came crashing down. <laughs> and I remember I had a studio project. At that point, we were in like pairs. We had partners for this huge studio project and I was running from one thing to the next because at that time I was like I think I was president of Caribbean Visionaries I was president of AIAS architecture um American Institute of Architecture students and still involved in Nesby and other things and I was just doing too much and on top of that I was trying to like trying to do do well in design and trying to figure out what I really wanted to do so I was running from studio to the wood shop to like work on this project. And I got there and I was like, I just started hyperventilating. Like I, I had a full on panic attack. And that was the moment I was just like, oh, you can't do this. Like this is clearly not working and you need to figure out what you actually want to do with your life. Um, and I started going to therapy. And through that, like, just talking to someone and having them say back to you what it is that is going on in your head. Um, it just cleared everything up after, like, it wasn't just, you know, one and done. It was like 
weeks, maybe the rest of the semester. And even through that summer, I was going to therapy. Um, luckily, I don't know if every school has that, but luckily it was free at, at um, IIT. And um, the like, my therapist was basically just like, everything that you're telling me right now, like clearly you don't want to do design. Like you're interested in, you know, management. So why are you fighting up and like yeah. mm-hmm. trying to do something? Like, why are you focusing? This is something that I, I tend to do. I focus on the things that I think I need to do better at instead of just focusing on my strengths, right? Mm-hmm. So he, he pointed that out. He was like, why are you focusing on these things that you clearly don't want instead of just doing what comes more naturally to you and what you actually like? And I was like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that summer, like that summer was the, the turning point where I was like, all right, forget like forget design. I'm going to finish the degree, right? I'm still going to get what I can out of it, but I'm going to start looking into construction management because they're close enough. They're still in the same, you mm-hmm. know, building field. So I was like, yeah, I can do this. And that was the focus from there. And wow. my like fifth year... Studio was still a pain, but it was more of me, like, instead of me trying to just, like, fight to do well and to, like, do the right things, it was just me, you know, figuring it out. You know, you learn from what you're doing. And I was just, I was constantly, like, butting heads with what the problem was instead of just working through it. Yeah. And, yeah, so got the degree um, no that's, that's anything that matters <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't practice architecture right now um and it's not that i would never get back into it i still i still have an appreciation for design um and i work with architects all the time um which helps me see like flaws in you know that education system but either way um yeah i i, I just had to recognize why I was doing what I was doing and like be okay with accepting that I don't have to do what I decided I was going to do when I was 12, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, mine is like similarly related because I always wanted to be a psychologist, but my idea of a psychologist was like a Freudian. You know, it's like you think of psychologists crossing like telling about their mother, you know, free association and conscious men and all that. And when I got to IIT, I realized like, oh, there's mother psychology in counseling. Like, you, know, you can be a neuropsychologist, pharmacologist, industrial organizational, you know. Um, and I was just really always interested in social psychology to help people think. So I went through a similar crisis of, do I want to be a clinical or counseling psychologist? Because that's what I just always wanted to do, my psychology, or do I, or am I interested in social psychology? Um, and through a lot of experiences as an undergrad, I realized I'm not really good at process helping people with their emotions i just can't do it i'm very matter of fact sometimes and i realize that my personality does not agree well with being a counseling or clinical psychologist mm. it's just just i just couldn't do it yeah, yeah. and so it was my experiences <laughs> yeah i applied to phd programs in social psychology because i was just more interested in that and thinking of adjustments when I came to the U.S., this racialized experiences <laughs> and trying to understand the racism, discrimination, really like all these experiences led me to apply to graduate programs that to study racism and discrimination and health mm-hmm. out 
outcomes. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's like a similar, you know, you have ideas of what you think you want to do or what you think you should do. And now you think you know how to get there. And then you realize, oh, no, 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 multiple, multiple ways to get there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, trauma, tra- trauma. <laughs> I was just gonna say, I feel like um, our cultures don't really promote that. First of mm-hmm. all, we all kind of ended up in fields where nobody was even talking about these fields when we were sure, studying, sure. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you know, are on this path, you're like, okay, I have to stay, I have to stay this course. Um, in Jamaica, we talk about the fact that we love to glorify struggle and romanticize mm-hmm. it. Like, there's struggle porn everywhere. Like, people enjoy these stories where people are like, oh, I can't afford this, I can't afford that. Or like, oh, you know, I went to UWE and I was sleeping at UWE and I had to sleep at bench. And oh, you know, I walked to UWE and I never had the lunch money, so I did hungry. I ate it so much because I'm like, we are romanticizing the struggle instead of finding solutions to it. Like, Mm -hmm. these things are systematic. Why are you here? It's like, you know, helping this person with a hundred dollar today, now go save them from hunger tomorrow, and it's not going to save the next person coming 20 years either. Amen. Rant I feel like you want to rant so much from Mother Tosha. Oh, gosh, that's so much. (laughs) She's holding back. I think to part of that problem is like, the fields that we value and we think because the child is like intelligent or is doing well in school that they have to be a doctor or they have to be a lawyer. And I'm, and I'm so glad that this has happened because all of us at IIT will the top, you know, in our country mm-hmm. during our year. And we actively all decided that we don't want to do medicine. We don't want to do law because you can't be an intelligent person and do other things like you, and perhaps that explains yeah. like the Caribbean and why we don't see some of those fields represented. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I think my biggest problem with like the system back here is like, as you said, kind of forcing you into those like sciences, medicine, law positions from an early standpoint, from the moment you hit college and they separate the sciences from the technical department. I feel yeah. like from an early age, like once you hit high school, it should just be well-rounded. Everybody does this. You're not, you shouldn't be selecting your career path when you're, what, 13, 14 years old? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That, that's like, that makes no sense to me. Like, so we need a more well-rounded system. I agree. Like, yeah. if, I, if I knew um, what a liberal arts school was, because I had no idea what that was, I probably would have taken that path. Like, I feel like if I have children, I would... I would push them into a liberal arts school because you need to you need time to figure out what you actually like, what you're good at, what you want to do. You shouldn't just leave, you know, primary school, secondary school, and just dive into what you think you want to do. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I did well. I'm I'm at a liberal arts college, and I get you know I see the curriculum, and it's so interesting. Like you have to take languages, you have to take science classes, you have to take humanities interdisciplinary courses, you have to take writing courses like courses to the designation of like power and justice, like oral communication. So courses that focuses on oral communication. And I really see like the value in that, especially at the undergraduate level. Mm -hmm. And it's very interdisciplinary. So you're not as siloed Mm -hmm. as you are in other colleges. Yeah. Yeah. And that's helpful. 
Yeah, because recently one of my gripes with IIT is that IIT and other tech schools just like it, you know, teach us how to build the technologies, but they don't really focus on the users and the impact on society. Like you have Mm -hmm. people studying these nice software engineering degrees, but they're going to work for ICE or they're going to design the programs that make the drones that kill the people in the Middle East. And there is no thought about this. (laughs) Like there's no thought of, what is the implication of this action? And I wish that, you know, tech schools like IIT put a bit more emphasis on things like this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember when I was, um, I think one of my oh, elective was an architecture ethics course. So I like, it, I never knew that you could take an ethics course for your discipline. I don't remember <laughs> taking ethics for engineering or ethics for computer <laughs> science. Um, so I definitely feel like that's something that should probably be involved in the curriculum. Only one class, and not even the whole class, it's only for like the beginning 10, 15 minutes of my class and my final mechanical year. One professor spoke about ethics engineering briefly, but no mention of it whatsoever throughout the rest of the whole academic You know what's program. funny? I don't think I had an architectural ethics class in my architectural <laughs> degree. <laughs> <laughs> it's not required it's an elective yeah yeah i remember i was in bme and we only bme we're doing stuff with the body with human beings and it's only one class during the first year intro to biomedical like one class one hour we covered ethics. that was it for a four-year program it's ridiculous yeah so question did any of you have like are guidance counselors a thing in secondary school or college, community college? Not for me, no. Yeah, we had guidance counselor, but she, they weren't like um, doing much things with college stuff. I remember I had to like go to them to get help to apply for schools in the U.S. because to go through the U.S. system, I needed a guidance counselor. But like for the people who are going to UE Tech local schools, no, they didn't really provide any guidance per se. Right. Like like we have a guidance counselor, but I'm just thinking if we I, I wish that before I chose a major that I had somebody that I could sit with and say, This is what I like, this is what I think I want to do, this is what I'm good at. Like help me understand what my options are. you know Mm because like we said like psychology has so many different branches all every every subject has so many different branches and you don't realize that until you're already in it and like i want to be a psychologist what does that even mean (laughs) like nobody (laughs) so if you just had somebody that you could talk to or i mean i know all these things are googleable right but you don't know what you don't know yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know what to look for. Like, okay, yeah. there's different types of architects, or there's different branches that you could get into that are similar, but maybe not the same thing. Or like, these are the courses that you can take to then get you here. Like, if I had someone who could help me understand what is it that I want to look for in a college, like what courses should I look yeah. for? Like, the what course outlines and the course yeah. name. You don't actually know what you're going to be doing in that class or how it's going to help you. I mean, Jamaica has it. <laughs> but you need 2,000 US to access it. Wow. Yeah, yeah. so there's a whole 
like niche industry of um, firms. I call them firms that help students to apply for schools in the U.S., but they are ridiculously expensive. So you can do get SAT courses. They help. They have their consultation, so they help you with the school selection and what majors and all of that. But you need two, three thousand U.S. dollars. Oh, oh my god! And I didn't have that, so. Even when I was going through the process, I was doing the poor girl's version of this. I studied for the SATs with my friends. I got somebody to buy me the book. So I only really paid for the book and um, the exam itself. But there's people, you know, rich people who definitely go to the classes, do the mm-hmm. competitions, all of that. Um, luckily for me, St. Hughes changed guidance counselors that year. And she was coming for a school, from a school where she was used to students going overseas and like helping them through the process. So like with the common app, you need a guidance counselor to do that stuff for you. And luckily for me, she started St. Hughes when I was in grade 12. And so she was there and kind of knew what to do. Because yeah. I'm very sure if she wasn't there, that would have been an old other hurdle. Because she got me waivers for all the fees. So I didn't have to pay for the common app. And I didn't have to pay any of the application fees on the common app. Because yeah. you pay for it, and then you have to pay an application fee for each school you apply to. Mm-hmm. So she got me all of those fees waived and all of that. And so, we also... I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, so I'm like, there's also the class thing of it, at least in Jamaica. No, it's, I think it's the same way in Sanusha. Like, it's... Yeah, like... Think about like my own experiences, but I digress. But and we're also at the disadvantage of going to the as international students because we have to declare a major beforehand mm-hmm. to get the visa. Mm-hmm. So we don't have, you know, I know, you know, you have a year or two to declare a major. But as international students, you have to come in already knowing what you want to do, even though you weren't even exposed to it in your country. A different idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so we're coming in with this like idea of what we think we want and how it should look <laughs> and having no really latitude to explore in the same mm-hmm. way that other people can. In addition to that, though, like prior to the visa, just to get scholarships and stuff like that, like to get my government bond, you have to declare your major and this is what you're going to be studying and other scholarships. Mm-hmm. So like it's crazy that you're still, just to even afford the education that you want, you're still coerced into defining that path early on yeah like, yeah and then when you do get the scholarship like Lasosha was saying some you're, you're stuck with that major yep. yeah yeah because that's why I was pushing through with BME for so long and I never considered changing at any point like that like I didn't research other things mm-hmm. yeah. which I, think- I wish I had the opportunity to like but I was running out of time yeah. yeah, I forgot yeah. about that. But actually, part of like my scholarship agreement was that you have to, I don't think you couldn't change, but you have to request from the government the like option or for them to allow you to switch your major, yeah. to tell them what you're switching oh to. It's like so, so many hoops you have to jump through. Just yeah. What you yeah. Do. Uh-huh. And then at that point, it becomes like, do I, at this point, do I just want the degree or, is, or should I be concerned about what I'm passionate about? And you just want a degree, like yes. this. Yeah, yeah. You, all of that yeah, so stick. Sweat, tears. I was finishing that degree by the Okada Group. I was finishing it. Mm-hmm. So interesting. I'm learning so much. I'm learning you guys forget. Right? I'm learning so much. 
about my experiences yeah. in the Jesus world. All right. Well, on that note, y'all, it's been <laughs> a very long but very interesting conversation. And I agree. So again, thank all of you for joining us today and for sharing your journey. And to all the listeners, thank you for joining us on today's Pathway. And that's a wrap on season one. This episode was actually edited for length. Um, And so there's one more segment that will be released as a special release next week during our break. We'll be back on February 2nd with new episodes. And in the meantime, we'll have a few tidbits that I think you'll enjoy. If you're not one to listen to, you know, a full hour or 90 minute long podcast, we'll have some snapshots of the best moments that we have had with guests in this past season. So the bits of advice that they've shared, the interesting stories about school, education, starting a job, all of that will package into these bite-sized chunks for you and release those um, sporadically over the next few weeks. So stick around for that. Thank you so, so much to those of you who have been listening from day one to every episode and giving feedback. It's very much appreciated. And to those of you who are just jumping in or have recently started listening, thanks for giving it a try. I hope that you're able to, you know, take a little something away with you and find some value in what Grenadian Steam is trying to do here. And you know what? We're going to keep doing it. We've gotten such good feedback and I have had amazing conversations with these 10, 11, 12 guests that I've had on here so far. And there's a lineup of even more waiting in the wings. And as long as y'all keep coming, I'll keep asking questions and starting the conversations. You know, the whole point of this podcast was to find another way for Grand Steam to reach the people of Grenada, to grow the understanding of what can be accomplished within the Steam fields and empower our students to make wise decisions about their future. We heard it right here in this conversation today, not just in Grenada, but across the region. We're forcing students to make difficult, life-changing decisions at the age of 14 and 15, but we're not even giving them the tools that they need to make that decision or to guide that decision-making. And for those who, you know, seem to like school and do well at it, we say, oh, you can do anything you want to do. And for those who may not be as academically inclined or, you know, they just aren't really built for taking standardized tests, then what? We ignore them? We make them feel as if there's no other way to get ahead in life? Like, how is any of that okay? And how is that helping the students to to follow their dreams or to create a life for themselves? There are options. There's lots of options. And they may look different than what we're used to hearing about. They might have funny names. But, you know, they have potential. These career options have the potential to diversify Grenada's economy. They have potential to allow our students to create their own career based on what they're interested in and not just what they have access to. And there's so many of us out there, you know, people who have grown up 
experience new things, people who've done the research and the work, they might have moved away in search of more and found it or realized that it was always right there at home. And what's stopping all of us from sharing that information, that knowledge, with those who are now in the shoes we were in just a few years ago trying to figure it all out? Why does every new class of students, every generation have to just fend for themselves? Like, What does it take out of us to simply share information? Absolutely nothing. So, Grenadian STEAM is aiming to do just that. Share knowledge, share experiences, empower students. Pathways is just one of the outlets that we have found this past year to help achieve this. And, you know, we recognize that there are people out there who are doing this. They're starting small businesses. They're looking at the gaps in our economy that need to be filled. They're coming up with creative new ways to help out or to capitalize on those gaps. And then there are the long-standing companies, you know, the ones that are the backbone of our country and support us and actively employ students with a STEAM background, but they may not even be recognized as such because what is STEAM? Why? That's the the age-old question that students ask. Why is any of this that I'm studying applicable to life, right? So together, let's show them what's possible. Let's reach out to these students and help them through projects and programs to get a feel for what they can do with STEAM and what Grenada can do with STEAM. So again, if you're interested in being a sponsor for any of our upcoming episodes, please reach out to us at president at grensteam.org. If you just want to follow us, you're interested in what Grensteam is doing and you want to see more of that, then join our mailing list. Check out our website, www.grensteam.org, or follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Just reach out, you know, let us know uh, your thoughts, your feedback, if there's anything that you would like to get involved with, or if there's anything else that you'd like to see Grensteam do. We love to have feedback from you, the public. And we would love to know that what we're doing is making a real difference or impacting the people of Grenada, Karakou, and PT Martinique. So once again, thank you for your time. Thank you for your support. And we'll see you in season two.